Hi, I'm Danny Simon, and I lead the New Life Fellowship Church here at Manipal. I'm so glad that you tuned in with us today to listen to our audio podcast. Do subscribe so that you can tune in every week. You know, I believe that a spoken word can change lives, and my prayer and my hope is that as you listen to today's message, it will change your life as you know it. Enjoy the message. We started this brand new series called anybody build his church all right and if you let me just give a quick recap you know before we move into what we want to look at today we we picked this off you know from a statement that Jesus made all right i don't have the scripture up on screen but the scripture you know what Jesus said was i shall build my church and the gates of hades shall not prevail you know a couple of weeks back we just finished celebrating what is called as resurrection sunday and like i said last week you know immediately after resurrection sunday you go through the scriptures you know the church was born all right we know about the day of pentecost we know about the book of acts but the church was born for a purpose and for a reason by whom by god who wanted the church to be born immediately after his resurrection all right and what we've been doing in the series okay is we be we're going to be looking at you know a couple of a few foundational statements that i believe all right um, i laid the foundation for the message last week okay the series last week you know if you're ever trying to build a building if you're ever trying to plant a plant what's the first thing that you do you dig up the ground if it's a building you lay what's called as a foundational stone and everything that you build on is based off that foundation stone yes all right and if you're planting a seed you dig up the ground again you place what's called as a seed you place that small little seed you know into the ground you cover it up with all the dirt with all the soil and you water it believing that that small seed which was laid in the ground is going to take root and it's going to grow and bear fruit in the time to come all right and what we're going to be doing in the series is we're going to look at a few foundational values value statements that i believe you know god has called us nlf manipal to be here in the city of manipal all right here's what i believe i believe that you know any time anybody looks at our church these you know couple of foundational statements that we've been look, going to be looking at we looked at one last week i'll just bring that up in a moment but you know every one of these foundational statements will really stand out when people look at the church they will say that man that's a foundational statement that this church is standing on and it should add value and guess what it should bring honor and glory to the king of kings and the lord of lords our heavenly father amen all right so last week you know we started off with what is called as i don't know how many of you remember the statement because i remember after the service i was talking to some of you all you said we kept looking back you know what the statement was okay so i don't know if that statement was like really long drawn or if you didn't really understand it but let me let me i don't have it up again okay so let me just bring that statement up for you we are a faith filled big thinking risk taking church all right and what do what do i mean by when i say that when we are faith filled we are going to you know think big all right we're going to see ephesians 320 at work in our church through the church in this place of manipal what is ephesians 320 now to him who is immeasurably able to do a you know exceedingly abundantly above all beyond which we can ask or imagine according to the power that's at work in us and i'm believing you know god for miracles i'm believing you know god for big things for impossible things for impossible doors to open up in the city of manipal where we can see the kingdom of god be god being advanced here in this place of manipal you know what i believe here's what i believe i believe that you know we've got 50 chairs lined up here all right i think saga knows this, all right we 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 picked up 50 chairs from nlf mangalore i told them like guys you're not using it anyways give it to us 
You know, let, let's use that. And I'm praying and I'm believing those 50 chairs. Okay, you might be thinking, we don't have 50 chairs. It's true, we don't have it up. It's all hidden up back in the curtains there. All right. And I'm praying and I'm believing that one day, you know, we're going to line up every 50 chairs in this place. And that 50 chairs is not going to be enough to contain the number of people that God is going to send into this place, into this church, to, you know, to see his honor, to see his glory. And we're going to have to open up, you know, more and more space for people to come into this place. I'm believing God for big things. And I want, you know, to pray. And my prayer and my hope is that, you know, even as you listen to this entire thing, that your faith would be charged up, that you would be inspired to take big steps of faith and say that, Lord, you can do the impossible. You can open impossible doors for me. What the world says it's impossible, it's possible for you. And we can see the impossible being happening in our lifetime. Amen. You seem very silent this morning. Okay. Like I said, man, I'm really charged up about this series. Okay. And what I want to share today, okay, this is what we looked at last week. So we are a faith-filled, big-thinking, risk-taking church for God. We will take risks for God. Why? Because we want to see the kingdom of God being advanced here on in the city of Manipal. All right, you ready for week two? Are you ready for week two? You don't seem to be excited and charged up as I am. Come on, let, let me, I thought, you know, energy is supposed to be contagious. You know, like I'm, 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 I'm really excited and burning with passion here. I'm hoping that would, you know, you would catch on with that. So please respond, you know, in that way. Are you ready? All right, we're in week two. And today, you know, I've titled today's message as Spiritual Contributors. All right. Now, the spiritual contributors, you know, I want to start with, you know, something that Jesus responded to. All right. Jesus was in this conversation. And let me give you the context before we look at what Jesus was responding to. Jesus was in this context. Many of you know this context. He was talking to the Samaritan woman. How many of you remember the Samaritan woman? Samaritan woman was at the well, all right? And, and uh, you know, the disciples, you know, they took a break from Jesus. They went back into the city, you know, looking and asking for food so that they could bring back food back to Jesus. So Jesus meets up with the Samaritan woman, you know, at the well. He asks her for a drink of water and they're having this conversation. By now, the disciples come back to Jesus. Are you with me? All right. The disciples come back to Jesus from the city that they are bringing food from. And that's where we pick up the conversation that's happening between the disciples and Jesus. Okay. John's gospel chapter 4 verse 31 to 34. Here's what it says. In the meantime, his disciples urged him saying, Rabbi, eat. All right. Verse 32. But he said to them, I have food to eat of which you do not know. So now the disciples are confused. All right. We went into the city to get food for Jesus. All right. And we're telling Jesus, Jesus, food, go ahead, eat. It's good. We tested, tested and tried and proved and it's good. And Jesus tells them, I have food which you do not know. And then, you know, the disciples start talking amongst themselves. Verse 33, therefore, the disciples said to one another, has anyone brought him anything to eat? You know, did he eat? In between, did he, you know, did someone else bring food for him? I mean, what's going on? Why is Jesus giving us this, you know, absurd reply? And then, you know, verse 34, Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. You know what Jesus said? Jesus said, my food, the food that I'm talking about, the food that I'm saying that I have, which you don't understand, which you do not know, is the food that, you know, I'm carrying inside of me in order to be able to do what God has called me to do. My life is not about myself. My life is to be able to pour out into the lives of the people that, you know, God has brought around me. My life is, you know, to do things for the people that God has placed around me. 
it was not about me it's about the people whom god has sent in and around me my food is to do the will of the father he has sent me into this place for a purpose for a mission and my food and here's here's the thing you know that we you know it, it's very difficult for us to grasp and understand this as i keep you know you know eating this food as i keep you know doing the will of the father it nourishes me i want you to think about this for a moment what does food do to you i mean i know some of you you know when you're super tensed and when you're super stressed out you know food food relieves you okay of something i don't know what it does it just adds weight is what i think okay but okay i know some of you do that but what is ideally why, why do we why are we you know so concerned about eating food anybody why why do you think we should be eating food we eat food so that it nourishes our body is that not true because we know that i mean I've asked this before okay and I'm going to ask this question again all right how many of you have fasted more than a day I'm starting at the lower end the last time I asked you this question 40 days nobody anybody 40 days 40 days ka fast okay there's one all right I've done 40 days so that's two of us all right um 21 days biblically you know it's like 40 and then 21 I don't know why okay but 21 anybody 21 days 3 weeks okay there's one all right 3 days 3 my my staff at my clinic and you know, my wife says you know i'm a, i'm a workaholic it's true i'm a workaholic all right sometimes i get so consumed with the work and i forget to eat all right true story all right uh, one day uh, in my clinic i was so busy all right and i remembered that i had not eaten my lunch when i was traveling back to my home okay so so i'm just saying you know that that's how my mind works but i'm just saying food is something that we actually consider in primary need for nourishment here's what jesus say I have a food that you do not know of. I have a food. My food is to do the will of my father. My food is to do the commands of my father. I'm called to pour my life out into the life of others. I'm called to minister to others. I'm called, you know, for these other people that God has placed in and around me. And guess what it does for me? It nourishes me. It nourishes me. It's something that you know we do not know and we cannot, you know, fathom, you know, what Jesus is really talking about. You know, I want you to think about something else. All right? When you look at this whole context you know when the disciples are talking to Jesus and the disciples are really concerned about Jesus's food i mean he's not had his food i don't know for how long it's not mentioned there but maybe Jesus has not had his food for a really long time right okay and the disciples are concerned that Jesus has not eaten his food the disciples have brought food for him to eat and he refuses to eat it all right now here's the thing that i want us to understand about the disciples and about Jesus's mindset all right the disciples were concerned with what people were taking in the disciples were concerned okay let me put it this way the disciples were concerned about what needed to be consumed and you know what jesus was saying i'm not interested in consumption i'm not here to you know consume i'm not here to be a consumer i'm here to be a contributor 
I'm here to pour my life out. I'm here to give myself away. I'm not here to say that, you know, what am I getting? What am I getting? That's not what I'm concerned about. My concern is for the people that God has placed around me and I have come into this place, you know, to just to give out my life completely to them. And that is what nourishes me, is what Jesus said. And that is what nourishes me. Now, you know, like I said, you know, it's very difficult for us to understand this concept. All right. Do you know why? Because here's the truth about me. Here's the truth about you. Here's what I know about you. Even if you never sat down, I know this about you. I'm sure. Isn't it true when you were growing up that no one had to teach you how to be selfish? You're saying, I don't understand you, Pastor. How many of you have siblings, you know, brother or sister? Yeah, so it's almost like a hundred percent. Almost like a hundred percent. Have you ever picked up a fight with your sibling? Come on, talk to me. I know this is church. Should we talk about fights? Yeah, we should. A little bit. I may not know the concern or the nature of your fight, but here's what I do know. Weren't you fighting for your own right? Weren't you fighting about the fact that, man, this belongs to me? Okay. I have this scene every day at my home. Okay. No, not between me and my wife. Don't, don't go that way. But between my boys. Alright. It's always about, this is mine, this belongs to me. You know, this is mine. And you know what, what we have found out, okay, as parents, you know, and I'm telling you, if you were to ask your parents, and trust me, you know, once you have your own kids, you know, here's what you'll learn. You never have to teach somebody, a child, how to be selfish. You know what you have to teach them? You have to teach them how to share. You have to teach them how to share. You have to tease them and say that, you know what, all this is not for you. You've got to share it with your... Have you ever asked the question, why should I share? Come on. Some of you are giving me that smile like, I've asked it, I've asked it. Yeah, I know. We've all asked it. Why should I share? But here's the concept and here's what I want us to understand. Listen, our life, you know, we're considered and we center our lives around ourselves as we're so concerned about what we can get, what we can get, what we can get. We're never concerned about, you know, what is this? And even if we have to share, here's what we know and, you know, what we would do. We would always make sure that we have enough for ourselves and then we will give out of our plate. Come on, talk to me now. Isn't it true? Isn't it true? Every time, you know, you have a little in your plate, and I'm talking about food, I'm talking about little food. Let's say, you know, I don't know, I mean, maybe, maybe, let's go back childhood since we brought up childhood, all right? Let's go back to the childhood days and maybe you're fr fond of French fries and you've got two fries left on your plate. What are you going to do? And your mother or your dad is saying that, you know, your brother or your sister is crying, you know, I want you to give one fry to them. What are you going to do? You're going to make sure that you have at least one fry, but if there's only one fry left in the plate, I can't share this. What will I get? You will always ask that question. What will I'm going to get? And it's only you only learn to share if you have a little extra for yourself. And here's the thing that I want us to understand this morning, church. We are so concerned about consuming. We are so concerned about ourselves that we rarely think about somebody else who's sitting on the other side till we have enough to feed ourselves. Now, here's something that I came across, you know, this last week. All right. And um, I promise you, you know, this is not something that I'm paid for. This is not sponsored by them, but I just want to give this as an illustration. And I'm sure that this might actually inspire some of you to do something after the service. Um, I wish they would pay us for this, okay? But here's an advertisement, okay, that was done way back in 1973-1974. I get it, okay? Some of you were not even born then. Don't worry, even your pastor was not born then, so I'm not that old. Okay, 1973-1974, this was a concept that was brought about, okay? And it was brought about by Burger King. 
okay like i said they're not paying me to do this all right but they brought out this concept and they were the first ones innovatively they brought out this concept because their sales were going down and they realized that man we need to do something about our sales and you know um can we can we put the video up okay i've got the ad all right so i want you to just look at this ad and we'll we'll pick up you know after that it's 1973 so the clarity is not that great but yeah they didn't pay me for this all right but in case you're planning do invite your pastor It'll be good okay so here's here's the thing what was the ad ending up with have it your way you know it's it's funny because i never told jafia the songless this morning you know what the lyric that we were singing how many of you remember this the last worship song that we sang we didn't sing have it my way but lord have your way in me have your way and i'm telling you listen when you'll see this ad okay 1973 1974 burger king was the first people to bring out this concept they brought that you know that man the customer needs to you know put out their their choices they need to be able to do their options it's about the customer it's not about us it's about them it's about them it's about them and so much so that you know many other companies started picking up this concept that man we need to give more control into the hands of the consumer we need to give more hands you know we need to give more power into the hands of these people they need to have more options they know that they can choose their product from when they go back and isn't it true even today we have options that we can pick up from i mean if you don't think about anything else think about the phone that you're carrying right now isn't it true you can choose what color you want Isn't it true that you can choose you know what kind of memory that you want of your phone you can you have the power to choose you know what kind of phone you want and to an extent it's good why because you know you have the product that's catered exactly to your need and you know what the world was doing was basically it was developing this kind of a mindset it was developing a consumer kind of mindset that was a mentality that was building up and you know every person was asking the same thing hey if i buy this product what's in it for me what am i going to get if i purchase this product i'm going to shell out my hard earned money for this what is this that i'm going to get and you know what's the sad part church you know what's the sad part the sad part is you know this consumer mindset mentality slowly started creeping into the local church it started slowly creeping up into the local church and you know the people who started attending the local church you know they began to ask the same question you know what the question that they were asking some of you know this question because some of us have asked this question hey what can the church do for me What can the church do for me? Man, I'm attending this church. I've been attending this church for a while, man. The church has not really done anything for me. You know, I'm not getting anything from the church. I'm not receiving anything from the church. There is a finger that we've always point at, you know, to some of the local churches why? Because this consumer mindset mentality has slowly crept into the hearts of the people who say they follow Jesus Christ and they're always asking the same question, what can the church do for me? how can the church serve me and you know here here's here's the concept that i want to ask and i want to set you know the tone for the message you know by asking this one question if jesus said my will is to do the will of my father my my food is to do the will of my father my it nourishes me every time i serve somebody it nourishes me when i pour my life out into somebody it nourishes me when i minister to somebody Isn't it true that we being the body of Jesus Christ today here on this earth shouldn't we also have the same concept that listen it's not about me but what can i do to contribute what can i do to serve the people that god has placed around me what can i do to minister to the needs of those people who's around me but you know what the sad part is we flip it around we still carry that spiritual you know that that consumer mindset mentality that man i need to get something out of this 
Very rarely, like I said earlier, very rarely do we think about the people that God has placed around us and say that, you know, I've chosen you, I've picked you, and I've placed you in that situation. I've placed you amongst that group of people. I've placed you amongst that people, you know, and they've, I've, I'm the one who's brought them into your life so that you can be a catalyst, you can be an agent, you can be a minister, you know, into that person's life. Very rarely do we think like that. And here, you know, is a foundational statement that I want to lay about, you know, in week two. All right, you ready? Here's a foundational statement. We are not spiritual consumers, but we will always be spiritual contributors. Can I say that again? We will not be called a spiritually consuming church. We will not be all about ourselves. We will not always say that, man, what am I going to get? What am I going to get? God, I want you to do this for me. That's fine. But man, you know, it's the body of Christ. I've been a part of this church, man. The church is not going to be about, you know, what we can get, what we can consume. But we are going to, you know, step up to the plate and say that, listen, I don't want to be about myself, but I want to contribute or I want to help. And I don't want to, you know, just be idle. But I want to contribute in whatever way I can to advance the kingdom of God through the local church. You know, here's what I believe about the local church. I've said this so many times and I believe that with all my heart. The church is the hope of this world. If there's anything in this world, you know, that the world can look to and say that there's still hope despite the challenges, despite the difficulties and the situation that's around us they should always be able to look at the local church and say that there's still hope for a tomorrow. There's still hope for a tomorrow. And we are the people whom God has created and designed and followers of Jesus Christ to be the hope of this world. Here's a statement that I want to make. The church does not exist for me. The church does not exist for us. We are the church and we exist for the world. We are the church and we exist for the now, you know, my, my prayer is that, you know, by the time we're done today, we'll have the same statement that Jesus made. My food is to do the will of my Father. I'm not about myself. I'm not about, you know, what I can receive and what I can consume. But I am wanting to be a spiritual contributor into the lives of those people that God has placed around me. You know, one thing that I've always believed, okay, and one of the questions that I get regularly asked, okay, how do I grow in my relationship with the Lord? I don't know if you ever asked that question. How do I grow in my relationship with the Lord? And I don't want to take away, you know, what most of the time, you know, we hear, all right, but I want to add on to something, all right? Two things, okay, which we've, I'm sure we've, all of us have heard, all of us have been a part of, you know, some believer church, okay, being believers. But here's what I do know, okay? We've always been fed with two primary things. And that's something that, you know, we keep constantly, re get, keep getting reminded of that we are often asked to do. All right. One is, you know, what would you famous? Have you heard of the quiet time? Quiet time. Have you heard of the quiet time? Okay. The quiet time is simply, okay, if you never heard of that concept, the quiet time is simply the time that you actually spend, you know, praying and conversing with your heavenly father. It's your prayer time. You know, and you know, your quiet time is basically a time where you should be able to sit down alone with God, you know, have a conversation where you speak, you listen. You receive from him and then you go about your daily life. And I, I'm not trying to take away that. That's very, very important. That's very vital if you want to see a growth in your relationship with the Lord. You need to sit down one-on-one -on -one with him. That's not, you know, something that you can do without. But here's the second thing that you've probably heard. We mentioned this last week. You've got to read how many chapters? Come on, talk to me. 
five chapters all right i had somebody who came up after the service you mentioned four or five said five i cannot be wrong i have mentioned five all right this is something that you cannot again do away with you need to get into god's word you need to read it you need to meditate on it you need to study it you need to hear it and we mentioned this last week how does your faith grow your faith grows by hearing and hearing the word of god so those are two things that we've often heard but i want to present a third one are you ready I want to present a third one based off you know what Jesus said. Jesus said my food is to do the will of my father and that's what nourishes him. Food is also given and is also used for growth. Is that not true? I mean you know kids we often we tell the kids man you need to eat you need to eat otherwise you will not grow. And here's what I believe you know that is so detrimental that is so important that's so key that's so vital. for us in our relationship with the lord if we are to grow in our relationship with the lord not only a quiet time is important not only the word of god is important but it's important to do what god has called you to do every single time it's very important and that's what jesus is saying listen my food is not just that i spend time with the father my food is not that you know i just spend time with god's word my food is also to do the will of my father and that is what nourishes and i want church i want us to understand this and i want us to really you know embrace this whole concept that listen i need to do what my god my father has called me to do let me show you another concept all right and the same concept is repeated again okay um, you know the story i don't want to you know really give the details of the story but matthew's gospel chapter 15 was 32 to 36 it's a feeding of the 4000 all right i want to show you just one thing in this entire story okay now jesus called his disciples to himself and said i have compassion on the multitude because they have now continued with me 3 days and have nothing to eat and i don't want them to i don't want to send them away hungry lest they faint on the way like i said jesus was never concerned about himself i mean think about if you were in jesus position wouldn't you be thinking man i'm so hungry these people have just been sitting and listening i know i would feel that i'm talking you guys are just looking at me and listening i'm hungry i'm thirsty okay and jesus might have been thinking that same thing if it was you know the truth but he was still thinking about the people that he was pouring his life to and he's saying that i don't want them to send away them hungry lest they faint on the way and his disciples you know said to him where could we get enough bread in the wilderness to feed such a multitude where i mean jesus we're talking about so many people i mean you know we don't have food for ourselves and you want to feed this entire crowd you know there's no there's no shop there's no kfc there's no burger king nothing around and you want us to you know pick up food and gift where where are we going to get this from and you know what jesus asked them Verse thirty-four. Jesus said to them, "How many loaves do you have?" And they said, seven and a few little fish." Jesus, seven, few little fish. This is for us. We are not giving this away because if we give this away, these we know you're the bread of life, but we can't eat you right now. No, we can't. We know all your theories. We know all your theologies. No, we can't do that. I'm thinking, would we have done? Jesus is like given. And here's what I want us to look at. He commanded the multitude to sit down on the ground. He took the seven loaves and the fish. He gave thanks, broke them, gave them to his disciples. And what did the disciples do? The disciples in turn gave it away to the crowd. Why I want us to really grasp this concept. 
it's important for us to recognize that it's not about ourselves and every time you know you come into a local church every time you know you receive something from the lord the lord gives it for you yes i'm not saying that he's not giving it for you but the reason he's giving it to you is so that you can also learn to give it away the reason jesus took the loaves and took the fish was not that you know he could just bless it and give it back to the disciples we looked at this last week right some of us we pray and we have what blessed food because that's sometimes that's all that we pray for pray lord bless the food that set on my table and lord as i eat it nourish my body and we stop right there we don't pray for anyone else we don't pray about about the concerns or the needs of anybody else and jesus here did not bless the food so that he could give it to the disciples he gave it to the disciples so that they could in turn give it to the people around us and that's a concept that i want us to understand as a church the reason why god does something in your life the reason why you experience miracles the reason why you have success if you have any i'm telling you you know what it's not because you know you, jesus doesn't just want you to be blessed but he wants you to be the source of blessing for somebody else in your life and that is what he did in this particular place can i say this again church we are not called to be consumers we are called to be spiritual contributors how can we contribute you know into the cause of jesus christ how can i help how can i step in you know how can i just do you know god what you have called me to do and the church you know here's something that i believe okay i believe god has gifted each of us okay i believe god has gifted each of us each of us have one particular gift or and you might say pastor i have nothing that's not true and i'll prove that in a moment okay but what i want to do you know as we you know look into this i want to give you two quick easy points to remember when i talk about spiritual contribution are you ready two easy points to remember okay here's the first one god calls you to serve in his church god calls you to serve in his church when you look back you know at this feeding of the 4000 what did jesus do what were the disciples doing the disciples were gathered together okay the disciples were gathered together and they had a relationship with jesus going on there was a crowd that was outside and jesus was reaching out to them jesus was trying to speak to them all of those things were going on but the disciples were the true disciples were the followers of jesus they knew jesus a little more intimately than the world outside is that not true and jesus and here's what i want us to take back you know god has called us to serve in his local church he has the disciples were serving jesus the disciples were serving one another you know they i don't know from where they got the seven loaves and you know those few fish but they had gathered it you know and i'm sure you know at some point in time as they got that food in the wilderness you know for 3 days continuous that's what jesus said i'm sure they had planned to you know slip away and eat that food that was there that was the little food that they had so they had a fellowship that was going on amongst them can i put it this way they were the church they were the church and the church what did the church do the church gave the little that they have to jesus jesus blessed what they had and the jesus gave them back that blessing and the church took that blessing and gave it off into the world can i say this church the reason why god has put placed gifts inside of some of us if not all of us is so that we can serve in the local church now here's a concept you know that i want to i want to try and break this morning for you is that okay can i break a concept for you break it okay because it's something that i think that's really gotten into many of our minds all right i want to make the statement okay we are the church 
can i can i just do the in between thing because you all look very very confused right can you just you'd be like okay what's the next thing that you're going to come up with i want you to do this okay please do this for me at least for this series i promise i'll stop the next one all right can you look at the person who's sitting next to you and tell them you are the church you are the church all right and the reason i'm wanting you to do that is because i want you to accept and embrace that concept you know why because many of us you know we over the years you know somehow this whole concept of you know the church is a building has come into play the church is a building all right so, so saturday evening sunday morning hey i'm going to ch- i'm going to i'm going to church and somehow you know we've developed this concept that man sunday morning i should be in church i should be in church church as somehow you know in our minds in our mentalities it's come down to that whole idea that it's a building can can i tell you this when the church was born after the resurrection of jesus christ the church was never a building the church is not a place that you would go to the church was a gathering the church was a fellowship of people who gathered together who believed that they were the church and somehow we have bottled it down to a building we have bottled it down you know to 2 hours or 3 hours in the morning on sunday morning or you know man if the church is having a prayer on friday night man that that's what that's what you know church has always become about and then you know you move out you're with your friends you're with your family you know you you have a gala time and then you come back on sunday morning man i've got my bible church pastor i've i've come to church this morning pastor because i know that if pastor if you don't see me you will message me later and ask why i didn't turn up this morning and here's the problem we have bottled it down to a building and the church was never meant to be a building god had not called his church to be ultimately downsized into just the four walls of a building here but here's what i believe that happened and here's what i believe that you know that 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 whole concept came out but i don't know if you're aware about this okay there was a time when churches could not own property of their own i don't know if you know that there was a time when the churches you know could not gather together you know like what we're doing today okay and praise god you know today churches can own their building today you know churches can come together you know and all of those things okay some places it's still not allowed but i'm just saying you know there was a time when it could not be done anywhere in the world and 313 ad 313 ad constantine he legalized christianity when he legalized christianity that's where the whole concept of a church building began to take place church buildings began to take place and you know they began to refer to as a church they began to say that man we need to go to church and church and christianity just became a religion and a religious movement after constantine you know when it was not legal he legalized the entire thing and they were able to do what we're doing today and i'm not saying that's a wrong thing that you know that we shouldn't meet up and we should this but all i'm saying is and even you know when we say that man sunday i'm going to church i'm not saying that's a wrong thing as long as we understand the concept that man i'm not going to church you know and to worship and just to come back that i understand that i am the church as long as we bottle down that concept as long as we accept that concept that man i am the church and i don't just go to the church but i am the church i'm telling you it changes everything about our walk with the lord it does it helps us to understand that man i'm not called here to be a spiritual consumer i'm called to be a spiritual contributor because you know what the truth is many of us we love our chairs on sunday mornings we do we love our chairs on sunday morning and we just come to church on a sunday morning 
And we just sit, right? We just sit here. And we just take a look around. Oh, I don't like that tapes in between. Oh, what's that huge tape? They're trying to cover something else. I don't like the pastor. He keeps walking around too much, you know? I mean, why can't he just confine himself to this like most pastors do? And we, we look at all the things and we look like, man, that, that church. We point fingers at the church. And we say that man, that building, that church. And, you know, we bring up all of these things into the church, failing to realize that, hey, you're the church. You can't point at someone and say that they're the church. You are the church. And that's what church, I want us to understand this morning. Listen, we are the church. We don't, the church does not exist for us, but we exist for the world. The church exists for the world. I exist for the world. Jesus Christ has saved me, pulled me out from the pits of hell, placed me in a position, given me the degrees that I need, given me the gifts that I need so that I can serve in the local church and I can see the kingdom of God being advanced here in the city that I'm placed in, in the world, in this day. And when you understand that concept, church, that's what I'm saying. It, it's, it's, it's a huge shift in our thinking. It's a huge shift in our mindset. And can I tell you this, like I said earlier, it's a breaking of a concept that we've somehow, you know, embraced without even our knowledge. That man, the church is a building. The church is not a building church. You are the church. I am the church. And we are here to be spiritual contributors. And we are not called to be spiritual consumers. All right. And like I said earlier, you know, I strongly believe, you know, we are called to serve in the local church with the gifts that God has placed in us. Now you might be saying, man, pastor, I agree, fine, I agree, but I don't know my spiritual gifts. I don't know what my spiritual gifts are. I mean, I think I have one or two, but I'm not sure if I have, you know, more than all of those things. Can I give you an easy example, which I've used for so many years to figure out, you know, spiritual gifts, is that okay? Some of you seem excited. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. So I want to just pick up this verse. Okay? Paul is writing to the church at Rome. Romans chapter 12, verse 6 to 8. He talks about seven gifts here. Only seven. There's more than seven gifts. But I just want us to look at this this morning. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, that's gift number one. Speak out which, with as much faith as God has given you. Verse 7. If your gift is serving others, that's gift number two. Serve them well. Number three. If you're a teacher, teach well. Number four, if your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. Five, if you're giving, give generously. Six, if God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. Seven, if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. The seven gifts that he's mentioned here. All right. Now, let me give you, you know, something which, which I've used for years, okay. And uh, if you still don't feel this is applicable for you, you know, come talk to me about it. I would love to sit down and, you know, discover your spiritual gift for you. All right. I want you to imagine somebody is sitting down. Again, since we are on the topic of food. Okay. Somebody is sitting down and eating food. Okay. They're sitting on a chair. They've got a table. The plate is on the table, but the plate is at the edge of the table. All right. And the person is eating their food. And as you're eating their food, the plate, the hand hits the plate and the plate falls on to the clothes of the person. You ready to discover your spiritual gift? Are you ready? Alright, so imagine the plate is on the person's, I don't know, tummy, this is my tummy. 
it's, it's fallen on the clothes. All right. Now here's the thing. If you say, oh, that's horrible. Okay. You see the plate on the dress or the, you know, the clothes of the person and you say, oh, that's horrible. Okay. Let me, let me help you out with it. And you, you know, get up from your seat, wherever you are, you help the person, you take the plate off and you try to help the person clean that this. It's possible that you have a gift of serving. If you're that kind of a person who wants to help out, okay, it's possible that you might have a gift of serving. Now, let's say, you know, you've seen this accident happen and you're sitting on the other edge and you'll be like, you know, the person is cleaning off or somebody who has a gift of serving is helping and cleaning that person off. You're sitting on the other edge and you're saying, that's bad, you know what? Let me buy you another plate. I mean, you, you can't eat now. I mean, all your food is ruined. How are you going to eat? So let me buy you another plate. If that is something that's you, it's possible that the gift that you have might be a gift of giving. You just love to give. Man, that person is, you know, his plate is gone, his food is gone, and now you've stepped up to the occasion because you know that person can't eat anymore. You're going to buy that person another plate. It's possible that you have a gift of giving. Now, some of you might say, you might look at this whole mess and you might say, you know what, that's not the place to keep a chair and a, this. I mean, that's, not the, that's absolutely ridiculous. Let me, let me get this a little more organized. And you, you know, pull that chair out and you place a chair in a convenient position. You pull out, you redesign, you know, a few things. It's possible if you're that person, you might have a leadership ability. You might have the gift of administration. You might be able to, you know, set things and go about and plan how to go about it. Okay. Some of you, on the other hand, might say, you look at the plate, okay, and you look at that and you say, it's happened to me. You know, this has happened to me. You know, five years ago, I was sitting in a different restaurant, okay, but you know, the same thing happened to me and I totally understand what you feel. Okay, if that's you, it's possible that you might have a gift of encouragement. You love to see people, you know, who's broken, who's heartbroken, who's going through a difficult time and you love to go around them and you love to encourage them and uplift them. It's possible you have a gift of encouragement, okay? Now, some of you on the other hand, okay, we're not done, seven, okay? Some of you on the other hand, all right, might look at this whole situation and you might say, you know what? That's the problem there is the way that you were eating, you know? That's not the way to eat. You know, there are better ways to eat. You know, I've, I've researched on a few ways how to eat proper food. All right. If that's you, it's possible that you might have a gift of teaching. Because man, you've researched all the different ways. You know how to do this. You might have point one to point ten on how you can eat food. Okay, that might be you. You might have a gift of teaching. Okay. And some of you might just look at the whole thing. And you might look at the person and... I can't even do that with a straight face, okay? That's, that's not my gift, okay? If you just empathize with the person, if you just, you know, feel for what the person is going through, it might be possible that you might have a gift of kindness. Okay, some of you, you know that, man, I can empathize. I know where that place is. I know what that thing is, okay? Here's what I'm trying to tell you, church. You've got to learn to discover your spiritual gift, all right? You've got to learn to discover. And I'm not saying this is just one list, okay? There's so many more spiritual gifts. I mean, you might have a gift of music. You might have a gift of evangelism. I'm telling you, there's so many gifts. But you've got to understand what your gift is and learn to operate on that gift so that, guess what? Man, when you understand what your gift is, you can start to serve in the local church that God has placed you in. 
It's important. You learn to start serving in the local church. And once you start learning to serve in the local church, God's going to take what he's given to you and he's going to help you to go out into the world and do. Which brings me to point number two, okay? There's this one difference in, you know, both the points today, okay? God calls you, the, the, what we looked at right now, God calls you to serve in his local church. God calls you to serve as his local church. Not only does he call you to serve in the inside the church, but he calls you to serve as a collective group outside of the church. You got to serve as a church together. Okay. Now, here's a, here's a scripture that I want us to look at. Okay. Matthew's gospel, chapter 5, verse 14 to 16. This is Jesus speaking. You're the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Verse 15. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all those who are in the house. Let your light shine so before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. You know what it says there? You're the light of the world. You are the light. Alright? You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Manipal is a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hidden. And what does it go on to say? They don't, you never light a lamp. You don't put it under a basket. But you put it on a lampstand. What's a lampstand? A stand, you know, on top of which you place a lamp. Why do you put it on a lampstand? So that the light that that lamp is giving, so that the light that the lamp is giving can give it to everybody who's there inside the house. And what is he saying? Don't hide your light. Don't hide your light. Okay? And he's saying, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. When they see the good works, you know that you're doing. You're no longer a spiritual consumer, but you're a spiritual contributor in every little way that you know how to contribute, how to help out, how to step in. You're giving your best, you know, to the ability that you can. And you know what he's saying? All those small little things, when people see that you're doing that, you know what they will look at you and say? Hey, there's no way this guy can do this they will know that it is not you, but it is God who's working through you. And that's the reason you're able to do it. And that's why it says here, you know, when you let your light shine before men, they will see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. They will know it's not you. Man, I know that guy. He's not that gifted. I know that girl. She's not that gifted. But if they're doing this, it's because God is working in them. I know it has to be God. I know it has to be God. All right. Now, here's the thing that I want us to understand, church. We are the body of Christ on this earth. Okay? Jesus died. He resurrected. He went back to heaven. Do you think Jesus still walks on this earth? Come on, church. Do you think Jesus still walks on this earth? He does. You know why? Because we are his body. We are his body. And can I tell you this, church? You and I could be possibly the only light that people in this world can see about Jesus Christ. You and I, my life and your life could be the only lives that people in this world can see and say that there is still a light that is shining. There's still some hope for me in this world. There's still some hope in this dead situation that I'm going through. I don't know how I'm going to move forward. I don't know how I'm going to march forward. But I can still hold on to this hope because man, I see the light in those people. And they're holding on to a hope and that hope is the name of Jesus Christ. You might be the only light in this world. The only light in this world that the world will ever have is you. So how do we serve as a church? How do we serve as a church? I mean, man, we're called, you know, with our gift to serve in the local church. I get that. 
but how do we serve as a church can i tell you this church i have already mentioned this before the reason god gives you a victory the reason god gives you a breakthrough the reason god gives you a healing you know what happens when when you experience these things what do we say we have come on there's a very familiar church term that we use all the time every time you experience a victory success you know you you cleared your exams you got a good job you know you married well okay i mean whatever i mean you know you get all of those things what do you say that you have yeah you say that you have a testimony i have a testimony all right and you go up onto the stage and you say that man god did this in my life and hey i'm not trying to take away testimony testimonies are very important but here's what i want to take it you know one step further all right testimonies i believe very strongly shouldn't be limited to just the four walls of the local church it should you know who should really hear some of our testimonies the world outside the world outside needs to hear some of our testimonies you know why because they can see the struggles that you are going through they can see you know the challenges that you've been through and how is it that you're still holding on how is it that you're still moving forward man it doesn't make any sense man how, how is it that you've not ended your life by now with all the situation and all the challenges you know what when you share your those challenges when you share all of those trials and difficulties that you're going through with the world the world will see you know that man you're putting your hope in a god that is eternal a god of the impossible a god who can do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or possibly imagine and then you know that's what that's when that verse comes to pass why because suddenly you know man they realize man i can see the good works that's being done in this person and i know it's not possible for that person to survive on his own I know it has to be God and I'm telling you church that's why I said earlier listen sometimes the only light that will shine in this world for the world is you and me the light that Jesus has placed inside of us you know let me let me let me give you this one story and I want to close with this okay I've I've shared this story so many times before all right most of you know this personal story to be true all right there was a point in our lives when we did not have kids all right 7 years into our marriage no children All right we went to every doctor that we could okay the gynecologist was not enough they pushed us to an infertility clinic we went to an infertility clinic they tried out different medicines everything was trial and error everything was going on they suggested to us IUI IVF i mean some of you might not have even heard of those terms it's fine all right some of you medicals know what i'm talking about but i'm telling you we've, we've been through every one of those suggestions and we decided you know what man there's no way we can do this and i mean you know the story i don't want to get into that story all right we gave up every medicine we gave up everything and we said god you have the ability to give us gifts kids if you want to give us you can okay today we blessed with three all right how you cannot look at me you cannot look at her and say that no way no way but i remember you know there was a time i mean i don't do this now okay i used to be blogging you know for a while i used to love writing out articles and stuff and so you know the blogging community they have a whole community of bloggers i mean i don't know if you're aware of this okay the whole community of bloggers where all the bloggers you know they come together they discuss you know various things and all that so they have these social groups that as i remember you know this was many years back one of the persons on that group you know they they came forward and they said you know i'm trying to do a whole research on infertility and the whole process so he she came forward and she asked all the bloggers can you write out you know a few articles on your blogs on your personal blogs about you know infertility and whatever you know about it whatever you feel about it now 
I'm on that group and, you know, I'm like, I know exactly, you know, what it is like to go through, you know, being an inf infertile, infertile couple and all of those things. So I, 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 I put it out on the group. I can write on this because I've been there. I know what it's like. I can write on this. I just offered it on the group. This lady, she reached out to me personally. All right. She said, can I have a number? I want to call you. So she calls me up and she's somewhere in the north, somewhere in Delhi, you know, that side. She calls me up and she says, you know, I, 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 can, is it possible? Here's a question she asked. Is it possible that you can write out the entire story of what you went through as a couple when you did not have kids? So that, you know, I can put it up on my website, I can put it out on my blog. I said, well, yeah, I would love to do that. I would be happy to do that. So we closed the conversation and I began to write out, you know, the entire story. Right from the time that we met, you know, to the point of every challenge that we went through as a couple that did not have kids. And I remember... You know, as I'm writing that and I'm praying at the same time and I realized, you know, this, this, this article was going to go out into the hands of the secular community. They were not believers. They were not people who believed in Jesus Christ. So I'm thinking, okay, man, I'm going to write this story and I'm going to say that, man, we cut out on every one of the medicines and we put our faith in God. And I'm thinking, man, should I put the word God there or should I put the word Jesus there? And I said, man, if I put God, that's not going to be great because God has become too generic now. All right. So I said, you know what? I'm going to take a step of faith. And I'm going to put the name Jesus. And I said in that article, towards the close of that article, we put our faith in Jesus and today we are blessed, you know, with children. I send this article to that lady. She goes through the article and she, you know, responds back immediately. And because, you know, I titled the article saying that, you know, we chose because of, you know, the fact that we chose faith. I just wanted to make that as a title. And she, she texts me back and she says, you know, is it okay if I change the title? I'm like, okay, what do you want to call it as? And then she, she renames the entire thing. She says, you know, the entire article, she renamed it as Danny chose to fight infertility with faith. She's not a believer. All right. Danny chose to fight infertility with faith. And I'm like, you want to put that title? Yeah, is it okay? Oh, it's wonderful. Please, please go ahead. If you think that's the appropriate title, you know, for your website, for your blog, please go ahead and do it. All right. And she puts us up this article. And then, you know, I, I, I was praying and I said, you know, there's this video, you know, where we do a little bit of talking. And that's a testimony that we shared in the church. Okay. They had a video recording of it. So I had that video with me. I said, would you want to see the video? She's like, yeah, yeah, please send me. I would definitely like to see the video. And, you know, in the video, we talk only about Jesus. All right. I mean, we're sharing the testimony in the church. We're saying about the challenges and we say that, you know, God strengthened us. And, you know, we were praying to Jesus and this, it was all about God. It was all about Jesus. She went through the video and she calls back. This time she calls back and she says, you were so open about all your challenges, about all your struggles. You were so open about this. And she asked me this question. Is it okay if I put your video along with the article? <laughs> we talk a lot about God that, I mean, I didn't tell her that, but you know, that's what's running in my mind. And I said, man, if you think you want to use that video, go ahead and do it. She puts the article in her website. She puts the article in her blog. She puts, you know, the entire video attached, you know, to that article there. All right. And I'm telling you, within two days, the minute that she posted that article, that post went like crazy, shared all over the place. Okay. It was like, you know, that was probably the most shared article on her website at that point of time. All right. And, and, and I remember, you know, like two days, three days later, I'm getting texts from believers now. All right, because somehow you know what was shared there has gone too back to the believers. The believers are sharing it all over the place, and they're contacting me. And you know what they're asking me? Can you pray for us? 
we read your story we saw your video here's the thing we believe if god can do this for you god can do this for us so will you please pray for us and i'm listening to that statement i'm reading through that statement you know what i'm thinking about isn't it true most of us we love to hide our struggles from the world we love to hide our challenges from everybody we just want to you know be to ourselves because we are not sure man can i share my struggle with this person can i share you know all of these things and can i tell you this church just for a voice of encouragement this morning if you are willing to share your struggles with everyone else around you i'm not saying everyone else also maybe a few select people because god has inspired you to share your story with somebody you know what they will see it's true they will see your struggle they will see your struggle but man here's the thing that you know we need to understand about us as a church and as us being a spiritual contributor when they see our struggle they would identify their own struggle when they see what the way that you're struggling with and you know what gives them hope it gives them hope to see whom you're reaching out to in the midst of your struggle it gives them hope to understand that man the this guy is believing in a man called Jesus Christ who apparently died you know so many so many years back and he's he's holding on to she's holding on to him and she's believing that this man can bring about a breakthrough can bring about a healing can bring about amazing victory for her life or his life when they see your struggle and they see how god is working in you and through you through your struggles that is what will give them the hope that that man if god can do it for them if god can do it for her if god can do it for him god can do it for me and i'm telling you church this morning i know some of your stories are difficult to digest i know some of your stories are not easy to hear but i promise you there are people in this world who struggling much more than what you're struggling with and they are still looking for a ray of hope they are still looking for a ray of inspiration that can just propel them not just you know from one step to the other they just want to live one more extra day believing that man things can still turn around things can still change and that is why church i strongly believe this was to be true you have to put your light outside let your light shine amongst men so that they can see your good works and glorify the god who's worked that work inside of you you got a story and you shouldn't keep quiet about your story you shouldn't hide your story away from the world you should not keep your story to yourself and say that man i am going to keep the story to myself because i'm not sure what people will think about me church here's what i want us to close with this morning i have a vision for this church i have a vision for this church that we will no longer be spiritual consumers about what the church can do for me what the church can give me what can i receive from this church but i want to be a spiritual contributor you know what my personal life vision is i cannot sit idle on that chair i can't i want to be able to stand up from that chair and i want to take an initiative to say that jesus you have done so much for me the least i can do is to do something back in return for you and i know that whatever i do will never match up to what you have done for me it will never match up but if i can do a little bit i would want to do that and church this morning in closing 
I'm hoping and I'm praying that this would inspire you. I'm praying and hoping that this would challenge you to step out of your seat and say that, listen, I don't want to be a spectator anymore. I don't want to be a consumer anymore. I don't want to see that what can I get, what can I not get. But I want to step up to the plate and say that I want to be involved. I want to, you know, spiritually contribute to the lives of those people whom God has placed around me so that they can see my life. They can see my struggles. They can see the challenges that I'm going through and still have hope that, man, you can step into one more day because he lives. You can step into one more day with hope because he still lives and that he can still bring about a breakthrough in midst of the challenges, in midst of the struggles, in midst of the difficulties that you are going through. We will not be spiritual consumers. We will be spiritual contributors. That really spoke to me and I pray that it spoke to you as well. I want you to remember this. It doesn't matter what you're going through and where you're at. Our Heavenly Father is always with you. I want to say this. If you need prayer or you want to reach out to us, send us an email or DM us on Instagram. You know, let us know if we can serve you in any way. Just a reminder, don't forget to subscribe so that you can tune in with us again. And I'm really hoping to see you next week.